Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good morning, and welcome to prayer school. Hi, I'm Bruce Conover. I'm pastor of Birthed Family Church. And so here we are again together, uh, getting into the Word of God. So go ahead and grab your Bible, open them up, and most importantly, prepare your heart to hear from Him. You know, I, I think a lot of times we just think that, you know, just because we're under the sound of the Lord's voice, that we're going to receive what He's saying in our heart. And many times, uh, we're not really setting our heart to receive from Him. Yeah, we're listening. Yeah, we're getting information. But really, what we're seeking is revelation. And let me show you a way this morning that you and I can get something from the Lord every time. I want you to get your Bibles out. And uh, let's open together to uh, Ephesians. That's obviously in the New Testament. This is a, a, a church that was in Ephesus. And uh, Paul wrote to them, it was a church that he established, and he prayed a prayer for them. And this is a prayer that you and I can pray for each other. We have coined the phrase that this is the uh, Ephesians prayer because it's found here in this book. So go to chapter one of Ephesians and let's go down to the 17th verse. And we're just gonna look at a couple of verses here. I'm not gonna pray the entire prayer, but I wanna pray the part that, that we can pray to hear from the Lord and to get revelation knowledge. Uh, you know, you can get understanding and, and knowledge in your mind, but we need to get it down into our spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit that's in us specializes in. So look at this prayer. I'm in Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. Now Paul is praying for the church. He's praying for his converts. And he says, I'm asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory. Now look what he's asking the Lord to give them. Give unto these believers the spirit of wisdom. Did you see that? It didn't say the mind of wisdom. It didn't say the reasoning of wisdom. It's talking about wisdom that is received by the spirit or the heart of man. That's who we are on the inside. That's what the Bible calls the hidden man of the heart. That's the part that God has touched. That's the part that God has resurrected and made brand new through the new birth. And that's the place where the Holy Spirit lives. And really that's the core and the center of our being. And as our spirit man begins to develop and grow, and as our spirit man begins to see with the eyes that our heart has, that's when things become real to us. That's when our faith becomes to the highest place of being effectual. And that's obviously is what we want. And that's also how we begin walking in light as he is in the light. Now look here what he's asking. I'm asking to give these believers the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, the way that I see wisdom and revelation is I see revelation as seeing with our spirit and wisdom, revelation, knowledge 
in our spirit. I can say it, the spirit of seeing and knowing. We all can have this because Paul is praying to get it. So anything that we're asked to pray for, we can obviously can recognize it's now the will of God for us to have it, to walk in it, and uh, that's exactly what we're believing for. We're asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then he goes on to say that, verse 18, that the eyes, in the King James it says the eyes of your understanding. Other translations say the eyes of your spirit. And that's more, of a, that's more accurate as to what the original Greek is saying there. We're not asking that the eyes of our mind would have light, enlightenment. We got all, all the enlightenment we need through our physical senses. But we need to see with our inner man. It's interesting that our inner man has both ears and a voice. And he's saying that I want your eyes, the, the, your ears and the eyes of your inner man, your spirit, to be enlightened. And that and word enlightened obviously means to be flooded with light or wisdom or insight from the Holy Spirit. And one thing awesome about revelation knowledge is it's not just reserved for right now or in the present. How many of you know that God is not in the realm of time? He's, a, he's an eternal spirit being just like you and I are. And he's not limited by time. He's already been in the past. He already is in the now, in the present. But he also knows the future. You know, that's why the devil was really silly to try and challenge God uh, in trying to attempt to take God's authority away from him and to bestow it by himself. God saw that that was going to happen before it happened. It's kind of like the movie Back to the Future. Uh, you see, when you receive enlightenment from the Holy Spirit, when you begin getting light from the Holy Spirit, He's not going to just show you what's going on right now. But He can also give you a glimpse, just a glimpse, just pieces of what is going to happen in the future. And you can begin making, uh, you know, preparations for that before it even comes. I mean, God is so awesome. Uh, we get so enlarged when we begin having a relationship with him because we're no longer limited by what we know, what we can see. We start seeing through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're asking for here in verse 18, that the eyes of our inner man, our heart, our spirit would be enlightened, that you may no. So we're going to pray this prayer right now, and I guess we can do it as a repeat after me, but I would encourage you to start praying this prayer every day for yourself. Now understand that what you're asking for is not going to happen immediately. It's going to take a process of time. I heard one minister say it this way. He prayed this Ephesians prayer for himself, for I think he said multiple times a day, meaning that when he had time in his day, he would open his Bible to this. And I would encourage you to pray this prayer by reading it from Scripture. It's, I don't know all that can be known about that, but there is a difference between just saying the Scripture by being memorized and reciting it and actually reading it from Scripture. 
I don't understand the difference, but I experience the difference. Amen. So I would suggest that when you pray this prayer for yourself, as many times as you can in a day, pray it from the Word of God and make it personal to you. Instead of praying, I ask God that He'd give you, say, God, give it to me. See, take it personal. Pray it for yourself. And this minister said that he prayed this prayer multiple times a day, and he did it for, I think he said, a period of time of over three months. And all of a sudden, the light came on. And he started seeing truth in the Word of God. He would go over scriptures that he already had read. He had already memorized. He had already preached on them and used them over and over again. And then all of a sudden, he started seeing those scriptures in a completely different way. Why? Because his eyes of his heart were beginning to be open to the deeper truths and reality of the Word of God. And he began to see revelation concerning the Word of, you know, who he is, what he has, what the Lord would do through him in a whole new light. He said it completely changed not only his personal life, but his ministry. What was the difference? Well, before he had an understanding of the word with his mind, which obviously is limited. And then he began to start seeing scripture with the help of the Holy Spirit in his inner man. And those eyes of his spirit were opened and so much more began to come in him, come into him in order for him to apply it and to walk in it. And that's when everything began to change. Amen. Our development, our growth, spiritually speaking, really depends on us. We're the one that decide if we're going to grow spiritually or not, if we're going to see more or not. If we get content and complacent and satisfied with where we are in our walk with the Lord, then we will stop growing. And there's nothing the Lord can do about it. See, we need to cooperate with him. We need to do the things that he instructs us to do from the word of God. And that's when we keep growing. It, 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 I can see it in my own life that here recently, I've had a growing spurt. And it really had little or nothing to do with the Lord. Because he wanted me to be in that place that I've come to all along. But until I pressed in, until I began seeking and searching and spending time with the Word of God and spending time in prayer with the Holy Spirit and praying this prayer for myself, that's when the change came. And you know, I'm just barely scratching the surface. There's so much more that He has for me, but we've got to keep on pressing. So we're going to pray this prayer right now. If you, if you have it open to you, you can read along. I'm reading from the King James Version. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it a little bit, but uh, you just repeat after me. Amen. I come to you, Father. I come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you now to give me the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. I'm asking you now, Father, 
that the eyes of my spirit would be enlightened, that I may know who I am in Christ, that I would know what you've given me in Christ, and that I may know what I can do through Christ. Amen. Now, if you'll open up your Bible and do that multiple times a day, and we've got to be careful when we use that phrase, well, I don't have time to do that. You have no idea how many times I said that or proclaimed that or used that as an excuse. It's, it's just simply not true. We have 24 hours in a day. And yes, we work hard. Yes, we stay busy. But if something is really important to us, we'll make time or we'll set aside time to do it. It's interesting how we never miss our favorite TV show. It's interesting that we don't miss a lot of things in the entertainment realm. Why? It's a priority and we make time. You and I can do the same thing. Now it won't be easy because <laughs> we're already in a groove doing other things all day long, right? When you change your groove, it's not, not so easy. But you know, we can do it, especially if that's what we desire to do. Amen. So I look forward to hearing testimonies from you guys that are applying that and praying that. And I'd be excited to hear from you about how things are opening up to you. Amen. So here we are. We've prayed the Ephesians prayer. We believe that the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes, that we're seeing things that we hadn't seen before. He's opening things up to us. He is communicating to our spirit through the word of God. Amen. And so we've been talking about the prayer of faith. We've been on this subject for quite a few weeks now. And we've been to the place where we've, we've defined what the prayer of faith is. We've defined on how to pray the prayer of faith. And now we've been just giving you examples of, you know, everyday needs that we have and to utilize uh, this kind of prayer. Well, before we jump into today's application of that, go to the, the keynote scripture over here in Mark, the 11th chapter. Let's go over to Mark eleven twenty four. Now, over here is the, the guidelines, or could we say the rules for being successful in praying the prayer of faith. Now, Jesus begins by saying that what things soever you desire. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, you believe that you receive what you ask for, and it says then that you will have them. We said, whether it was last week or the week before, I'm really sorry, I don't remember which week it was. But we made a statement. Actually, we began with a question. According to this 24th verse here in the 11th chapter of Mark, what did Jesus say you can have? And to me, this is the most important part of the prayer of faith. And I'll say why in just a moment. What did Jesus say we could have when we utilize this kind of prayer? Remember, he said, what things soever you desire when you pray. You believe that you receive your desire and you shall have your desire. Now, most people in answering that question will say it's very obvious what Jesus said we could have. He says, I can have 
what things soever I desire. And yes, Jesus did say that, but that's not what he said you could have. Did you hear me? He did say to ask for those things that you desire, but that's not what he said you can have when you pray. Actually, what he said that you can have when you pray are those things that you believe you receive when you pray. Now, see, most Christians, I'm not able to give us a percentage, and, and, and we all do this to a certain degree, is that we're sensory uh, guided, or we really live our life mostly by what we see, by our physical senses. And so we've been trained by the world that what we are sensing is a truth and is a reality, right? So when we pray, we fall into the trap is that we begin to look with our senses whether or not the prayer is answered or not. But you know, faith is of the heart. It tells us over there in Romans 10 that, that with the heart man believes, or with the inner man, the, with the spirit, that part that's been recreated, with our spirit we believe. And so our relationship with God is not based on our physical senses. It's based on what we believe in our heart. And how many of you know that when we believe some things with our heart, we have no physical evidence that they're true? Amen? The Bible says that you're a new creature in Christ because you've invited him into your life. Well, you have no physical uh, evidence that, that you're saved, that you've been born again, that you're a new creature in Christ, that you're on your way uh, to heaven. You have no physical evidence that God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. But the Bible says not to walk by sight but to walk by what the word reveals is true. I walk by faith and not by sight. So we carry that over. We carry sensory perception or living by our senses over into our prayer life or in our relationship with God. Like, for example, when I feel, you know, upbeat and everything's going great, you know, I believe God's, you know, happy with me and everything's right. But then when I'm having a bad day and my feelings are kind of down in the valley, you know, I'm depressed, I'm full of worry and anxiety and fear. It seems like God is so far, far, far away. Well, that's going by sensory perception. That's walking by sight. And he's always with us. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. We got to believe that regardless of how we feel. And so when we pray the prayer of faith, we're required to believe that when we prayed, he heard us, because we prayed according to the word, and that because he heard us, we are required to believe that we have what we've asked for him, asked of him, even though there's no physical evidence to substantiate, we got it. Hey, man. And I'll tell you, it'll take us, it takes us a time to get to that place where we begin walking by what we believe and not walking by what we see. That's what separates the baby Christians from the maturing Christian. We'll never be fully mature, but we'll continue to grow and head in that direction for eternity. Hallelujah. Trying to get all that God has for us. And so 
Jesus is saying in this verse 24 that you'll have what you pray for if you believe you receive it when you pray. And so that means that you're going to have to spend some time believing that you received your healing before you see healing manifest in your physical body. That means you're going to have to believe that you have wisdom from God of what to do with a particular situation before that wisdom rises up from your heart and illuminates your mind in what to do. And see, that time of your mind not seeing the evidence of God answering your prayer to the time you do get it is all dependent on us believing we have it before we get it. And really, that's how the kingdom of God operates. Hallelujah. And when this word gets real to us, when we actually believe that God desires us to have what we need, and that we can ask him for it, he'll give it to us. And it, when that becomes real to us, when your relationship with God is not just information, but there's an actual belief and intimacy with him, it gets easier and easier to believe that you have those things that you ask for before you can see it. And that's when life gets good. That's when we start getting free from worries and anxieties. Because that's what worry is, walking by what you see. And your emotions begin to agree with what you don't see. And that's what brings the anxiety. That's what brings the worry. That's what brings the fear. That's what brings the depression. Because you're walking, or could I say, I'm walking by sight and not walking by what he has said from the Lord. Amen. So this morning we're going to look at, let's see what we are going to look at. Glory to God. Aren't you glad I brought my notes with me this morning? Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's say that we have a, a need for protection. And, and you know, we're in a time now where we need God's protection more than ever. If you would have told me six months ago, a year ago, that the entire world was going to be encompassed with a virus that was going to impact our lives, that would completely change our day-to-day -day routine, would just pretty much change everything, not just in my household, not just in my city, not just in my state, not just in my country, but the entire world. I, I wouldn't have believed it. it why? because it's never happened before. Well, guess what? Jesus told us in Matthew 24 that that was coming, and guess what? It came. And now life is completely different. And we need God's protection more than ever. I want you to go to the 91st Psalm. Remember, all prayer begins by discovering and finding out what the will of God is pertaining to the need that we have. And his word does reveal his will. And here in, in Psalm 9111, it says here that he shall give his angels. Are you with me? This is Psalm, the 91st Psalm, and I'm looking at verse 11. And we're talking about praying for protection. Let's say I'm taking a trip and I need, you know, traveling mercies or traveling uh, protection. Maybe I'm going downtown. I mean, I mean there's, there's all sorts of time. I need, 
I need protection when I go from my house to Walmart to buy groceries. Amen. Well, is it the will of God for me to be protected? Well, here he says in the 11th verse of Psalm 91, he says that he will give his angels, what? Charge over thee. How many of you know that angels are real? <laughs> the Bible talks about how your angel constantly is in the presence of God in your behalf. You see, every one of us has what we call a guardian angel. And that angel is with you all the time. And he has a lot of responsibilities. He's there to protect you. He's there to give you messages from God. He's there to do all sorts of things. But in order to get our angel and angels to work for us, it says that they're listening to the word of God before they act. They're hearkening unto the word of God before their exceeding strength and power is dispatched to benefit you. And so that's why we're in the word here. We want to get them to respond and they'll respond to the word in our behalf. And so he's given his angels charge over us to do what? To keep us or to protect us in all of our ways. It says that those angels will bear you up in your hands or your foot would dash itself against the stone. They're there to protect us. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget the time. Uh, for a long while, uh, maybe 25 years, my wife and I, at least 20 years, we lived up in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And uh, we lived up in a community called the, the south area of Carter Lake. And we had a house that was actually on the side, I would call it a hill. People from another place uh, would call it a mountain. It was pretty steep. It was at least a, a 30% grade. It was very, a very, we had a very steep driveway. And that afternoon I was working on the driveway. I had a large excavator that I used uh, for both work and for personal use and so that day I was doing some personal work on our driveway and I was moving some rocks around and I was on a steep incline and uh, this was an older excavator and uh, everything worked on the excavator as long as the engine was running but when the engine stops running then you no longer have brakes you no longer can control the boom and the bucket and uh, this, this silly excavator must have weighed 22 ton, 44,000 pounds. Well, that day I'm working on, on the hill and I was moving this one stone that was probably about eight to 12 inches high and I'm moving it with the bucket. My bucket was on top of the stone and then all of a sudden it slipped off the stone and dropped a foot because I was powering in with the, with the bucket and it hit the ground and it shook the excavator. Well, this excavator had a flap in the intake that you could pull this cable and it would shut the engine down immediately for emergency situations. But what happened that day is that when I shook the ground so much, it wiggled this mechanism and slipped off its cog and it closed that diaphragm and shut off all the air to the engine and the engine died instantly. Well, I'm on the side of this hill. And just below me, this, this was kind of a U-shaped driveway. And the U-shaped driveway went up this way 
and the U-shaped driveway went up this way, and there I was in the middle of that U at the top of the hill. And down below me was this drop-off, was at least 12 to 15 feet deep. And when that engine stopped, the excavator started rolling back. Now, I'm without any power, the engine stops. I have no brakes, I have no way to power down, and this is on those tracks, and so I'm rolling back and I look out of the cockpit and I see that my tracks were approaching the edge of that drop-off. And had I kept going back, rolling down the hill, I eventually would have rolled that thing and I'm not sure if I would have lived from, lived from that incident or not. I mean, we're talking about an object that weighs 22 ton, it might be landing on me. Well, I didn't know what to do. And uh, I just screamed in the top of my lungs. I said, Jesus! And within a second, as I'm rolling back at an increasing speed as I was going down towards that cliff, towards that drop-off, that excavator stopped. And when I looked over behind me, the tracks had just begun to go off that ledge by a foot. If I had gone another four foot or so, I would have been past the center of that machine and it would have all gone over. Now, I didn't see my angel. I didn't see what happened in that unseen realm. But I believe that my angel and or angels responded to my one word prayer. Remember what this verse says? He has given angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That includes on the driveway of 321 Sprague Avenue. And he saved my, that angel saved my life. Well, he was hearkening unto what I was going to say. That was a one word prayer of faith. Did I pray it out in desperation? You bet your sweet bippy I did. But there must have been enough faith in there along with it that angel to respond. Isn't God wonderful? You know, I think that when you and I get to heaven, that he's going to show us all the times that we almost left the earth early because he averted us a tragedy. He averted us in getting in an accident. He averted us from getting into trouble. And that's because we were believing him to keep us. We were believing him to protect us. We were believing for safety that day. We were believing that he was with us and that no evil, no accident would befall us. Amen? I can remember a time that uh, before I even knew Jesus, I had a 1968 Bonneville Triumph motorcycle, 650. That was the guy with the two carbs, and it was a, it was a quick bike. And uh, that night, I was indulging in uh, illegal drugs. I think they called it angel dust. Remember, this is before I got sick. I was probably 19 years old. 
And after I was flying high on that substance, I decided that I was going to go to the mall, King of Prussia Mall. And so I got on my, on my Bonneville, and I took it down to Highway 202. And I got on there, and I started heading on this four-lane highway to the mall. And as I was going down on that highway, I thought to myself, I wonder what this baby will do. Remember, I'm not really in my right mind. And I got that bike up to over 100 miles an hour. And I felt like I was sitting on an arrow going through space on that motorcycle. Now, I know that even though I wasn't a Christian, that somebody else was praying for me. And their prayers and their faith in God's protection kept me alive that night. You can just imagine what would have happened if I hit a rock, hit a pothole, and Pennsylvania is well known for its potholes and its roads. Maybe I would have hit a bird. Who knows? But you know, somebody had to have been praying for me and they kept me safe. So I want you to know that it's God's will for you to be protected. And if it's God's will, will for you to be protected, your loved ones, it's his will to protect them too. I want you to know that you praying for perfection, uh, for protection and, and believing that he, you receive that protection when you pray. Remember the prayer of faith, believes it receives when it prays. When you pray for the Lord to keep you, believe you have that safety in that day and believe that for your loved ones. You parents, you grandparents, when, you're, when your kids, your grandkids go out on a Friday night, go out on a Saturday night or whatever night they go out with their buddies, Pray the prayer of protection over him. He shall give his angels charge over them and keep them in all their ways. Listen to what it says in Psalm 34, 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear them and he will deliver them. But we have to ask. Are you hearing me this morning? We have to ask. And when we ask, believing that we receive, angels will be at work, even though we can't see them. And who knows what we missed out on because they were there to protect us. I'm telling you, God is faithful. God is able to keep us. Amen. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, that's all we got this morning. I'm so glad that you were with us. I'm so glad that you were part of this service. And, uh, you guys are blessed. I want you to know that God has already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. How about you and I receive all that he's provided by praying the prayer of faith? Amen? Well, you're blessed. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.